1: I'm a night in the studios, in Europe. early on your ranch. You'll be brushing out a broodmare's tail while the sun is ascending, and I'll just be getting home with my real, career no day. just how close to the bone and the skin and the eyes and the lips you
0: can get. It. It still all right, for this so episode, we'll be talking about Joni Mitchell, Hajira. On the line, I have Rob. What up? Ben. Hello. And John. Howdy. Hajira is the eighth studio album by Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell, released November 1976 on Asylum Records. The producer was Joni Mitchell, and the genre is folk, jazz, uh, pop jazz, and jazz fusion. I'm going to read from the book, Andrew Gilbert. In 1974, Joni Mitchell sat at the apex of pop music, adored by most critics and millions of fans for a series of brilliant, often achingly personal albums a run that culminated that year with the monster hit court and spark she then had the nerve to follow her muse into a smoky jazz drenched dive a journey that led her to the most supple and graceful album hajira composed on the road it is the only mitchell album on which every tune is written on and for the guitar the name stems from the prophet muhammad's journey of exile from mecca to medina in mitchell's case hajira traces a cross-country road trip sparked by the end of an affair. The album marks the beginning of the singer-songwriter's profound relationship with pioneering electro-bassist Jaco Pistorius. Mitchell made more ambitious and popular albums, but with its vivid imagery, poetic scope, and emotional insight, Hajira stands as a perfect melding of instrumental virtuosity and confessional storytelling. All right, what do we think of Joni Mitchell, Hajira?
2: Guys... I think that I'm a Joni Mitchell fan
0: still. It's okay. A, it's a uh,
3: man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You guys are still in love. I don't know. I th- she hurt me a little bit on this one. Like, did it's she? just, she, she did like she I, went that
0: jazzy route.
3: Yeah, man. She put that jazz on there and, and it was just a little too much for me. You know, like I really appreciated that in the midst of all the jazz, she's like, okay, well let's, let's mix it up. Let's add some, some interesting stuff. Like her lyrics are always interesting and wild. Uh, her themes are great. Uh, her choice of using Jaco Pastorius and his fretless bass like creates this like loose kind of mushy bass all over, and and it's in a good in a good way. At the heart of it, it's it's jazz, <laughs> and it's and it's just it's just not always the jazz I'm feeling. Just just me.
0: No, I, I I totally get it too. I was feeling kind of the same way, and it it's definitely a grower. A lot of her albums are they're just they're they're not they're not immediate, and I do have a bit of a. I'm not a huge fan of the the sort of like jazzy elements that uh, Jocko puts on there. But as I listened to it more and more, I kind of got in. It, it, it became less harsh. It became a little more uh, interesting. And I could concentrate on her lyrics a bit more, which is really the highlight for, for me, for albums uh, that she's been doing is the lyrics and then the sort of uh, interesting way she is uh, presenting things with the guitar, the sort of alternative tunings and yeah, just her phrasing, phrasing over, over these things. I, I, re- I read something that said something like it, uh, Jessica Hopper from Pitchfork said, it's a real grown woman album and may not be make tremendous sense to anyone under 30. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that probably is right. I like it. I
2: think I like this like jazzier more far out Joni Mitchell that we've been seeing on the last few albums more than like the classic folky Joni Mitchell
4: I I kind of agree with you on it but what was the album that had Raised on Robbery on it was it, that what, hissing uh court no. and spark. The court and spark spark yeah and i guess that was the first one where she kind of started introducing the more jazzy elements to uh to the stuff but that particular song was a straight-up rocker. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, she she outgrew uh, the basic song structure of rock and roll a couple albums ago, and, like, she just continued, like, going on her own trajectory, and I, I fucking respect it. And, I don't know, she's still, like, as a, as a lyricist and a songwriter, just doing the most interesting shit. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: Like... It's so fucking interesting, like weird ass chord changes for no that that that, that simply don't fit in, in pop. And yeah. that's 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 why she was, you know, importing more of like the jazz elements
0: into it, like just to satisfy her own creative like itch. And I, I respect the shit out of that. I'm so surprised. I mean, chord and spark kind of made sense why it was so popular, but I I just can't believe that, you know, like this album and the the previous album, Hissing of Summer Lawns, it, it just, it, they were really popular. Like, she just continued to be popular. I, I think she, it, they weren't as excited uh, to have these albums. Well, some people, I guess, weren't as excited because they weren't as pop-centric, but it's it's interesting. I, I feel like she is kind of the other side of... Um, if I may make a comparison to Bob Dylan, what he was kind of doing with the blood on the tracks at this time. Um, and they're they kind of got out of the folk scene, but they're still producing something that they're personally interested in and want to keep pursuing no matter who who really is is willing to follow them.
4: I think that's apt. And, you know, she she was on. Doing wasn't she doing backup on mm-hmm. whatever tour? Uh, yeah, from, the know, Rolling Thunder
3: Review. Yeah, yeah, and it was—I guess—was it was after that tour. Part of one of her three cross-country trips was after that tour, where she's going from, I guess, what Maine to California, LA to Maine
2: of, with with two dudes, and then back home solo.
4: Yeah, F- through Florida across the Gulf Coast back.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's pretty awesome. That's like, a
4: fun fucking drive, man. But yeah, wearing weird ass wigs and giving <laughs> false names. <laughs> I think Joni Black was one of the names, and uh, <laughs> I forget what the other one was. But apparently, some people still recognized her as Joni Mitchell because she was a giant fucking pop star.
2: She's got a pretty distinctive look as well, even with a wig. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it the wig that gave me away? No, it was your cloak. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you're, you're you're playing guitar, and you sound just like Joni Mitchell. <laughs> Why are you on this train? Oh,
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say it didn't get significant airplay. Probably what you can imagine. I mean, none of these songs feel necessarily. It's it's not a hook, you know. Man, I
2: mean, one thing that I think is cool about Joni Mitchell. I like that, like she in her lyrics and and in her songwriting, she just really embraces her her sexuality and her uh, like ha- having like a one night stand for chan- for uh, for example. It's the type of story that you would hear in a in a male fronted song, but it's it's a cool thing to have like a a female fronted uh, or a, f- a female songwriter singing about. Yeah, you, you go through a big breakup, and sometimes you just got to get away and get some strange, and that is totally okay. And it's just nice to have you know music music from a woman's perspective on that. I you know? ha-
4: I, I heard a wonderful quote today. Actually, I was watching a um, a Betty Davis um, documentary, and there was a uh, a woman on there. Uh, Who was saying that? Like she found Betty Davis at the exact right time because uh, the the quote was, and I'm paraphrasing. uh, Men in rock and roll sing about what they're going to do to you, and women in rock and roll sing about what's been done to me. And the uh, Joni Mitchell is is absolutely like kicking that on its head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So do you see that uh, Coyote was about a one night stand with Sam Shepard? (laughs) Who's Sam Shepard? Uh he was a playwright, and uh, he was an what, was it, Je, uh, an actor? Was it Jessica Lange that he was with for like from the late seventies till till he passed?
0: Yeah, you might know him as Buzz Aldrin in the Right Stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But he was on the Rolling Thunder Review as I guess they were going to make like a, a a movie, or maybe they did make a movie. But he was on the review as like a. Uh, a writer they ended up not really using his material because it ended up what they released i guess it ended up being more just improvised stuff from the road he he was a, he's you know he's a ladies man uh he before he got into uh you know uh writing for the stage and acting he was like a 4-h kid and at this point he did have a ranch and he had horses and he was married uh, had a, his woman at home and then he was actually also in a relationship with the, I forget her name, but the tour manager of the review. And so that's the late, the, 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 another woman down the hall, it was referring to her, but then he was also had a, a fling with Joni Mitchell.
0: Yeah. I thought that, that song was so interesting. It's, it, yeah. it, it's really interesting too. That It starts off, it's like, no apologies, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of jumps into the story about like this is real this is what happened she's all i mean she's all about like let me just lay some stuff out for you let me just tell you about it i'm not going to she she doesn't mince words but she uses poetic language it's awesome
2: yeah yeah totally
1: i'm traveling A defector from the petty wars It shall shut love away. There's comfort in melancholy when there's no need to explain. It's just as natural as the weather in this moody sky today. She doesn't sound
4: coked out of her gourd (laughs) but she was yeah Mm -hmm. she 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 got hooked on that sweet sweet cocaine on that bob dylan tour and it took her years to kick it so this whole thing is uh like kind of a uh side
2: effect of the cocaine
4: yes exactly (laughs) um i I imagine those drives (laughs) across country and back or, or more like something out of uh, that uh, that Kerouac uh,
3: <laughs>
0: what, the, Is that called The Road? On the Road On On The Road
3: Is that the one you're thinking of? The mashup of <laughs> Cormac McCarthy
0: and Jack Kerouac
2: <laughs> Oh uh, <laughs> Wood, Wood Reed <laughs> <laughs> Well,
3: cause she does write a bit like on the last song, it's what refuge of the roads, which is slightly about her stopping in Colorado at the, um, I forget the name of the place that the kind of the Buddhist Institute to maybe possibly get, get a little bit clear of the cocaine.
2: And I thought the, uh, the premise of a uh, song for Sharon was interesting because it, it like the, the song structure, she just it's after her breakup with uh, John Guerin, who was her drummer and many people's drummers, well, uh, yeah, uh, you don't need to look him up, but John Guerin, he's one of those hellblane dudes. He was just all over the place. But like the song is just like de- like describing kind of like a day in the life of her in kind of in New York City, like a uh, post-breakup, seeing the sights. But I guess Sharon was uh, a girl that Joni grew up with, and Sharon had wanted to be a singer and ended up uh, getting married and becoming a housewife. Whereas Joni Mitchell, when she was friends with Sharon, wanted to be a farmer's wife. And then ended up being a singer, so the 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 song is it's like it's like a letter to her friend Sharon, kind of an update from the life that Sharon thought that she had wanted as a child. Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting premise. It makes for a cool story.
0: Yeah, I, I really thought that was cool too. I think I think the one of the weak ones on here was Furry Sings the Blues. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I just did. I wasn't getting into it. I I mean I. I kind of got the what it was about, uh, but it, it just didn't really connect with me. I don't know why. You know, who feel else real like, young.
2: <laughs> you know who else doesn't like the song Birch? Who? Uh, Fur- Furry Lewis d- didn't <laughs> right, appreciate the right. song.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's just on a on an album of of pr- pretty great songs. Um, that one just that was a, a bit shy. Yeah, like I said before, it didn't sell as well as a uh, preceding albums. peaked at number twenty two on the Canadian charts, reached number thirteen on the Billboard two hundred. Uh, but it was certified gold and uh, number eleven the UK. So it was critically Can't received well. Record. Yeah,
3: yeah, still pretty, still pretty high to be in the top twenty yeah. on the Billboard. Like that's not <laughs> that's not rookie numbers.
0: No. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it was just a bit below, just not a smashing success like Court and
2: I know that this book isn't like in order, in order, it's just like kind of in order, but it seems like we were just talking about uh, Hissing of Summer Lawns. Do you know was how big of a gap there was between those records?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I'll look it up real quick while we're talking.
2: Rob, how do you feel about uh, Jaco Pastorius's bass parts on this album?
4: You know, they really don't bother me. Um, me neither. I, and I thought they would. I, I don't mind a fretless bass played by someone who knows how to play a fretless bass. I really dislike it when it's not that. Um, also, one of the iterations of Cat Casual I've been in, we had a fretless bass player, and it was it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I may have I may have grown accustomed to its bass. Yeah, uh,
0: who was uh, that uh, one, year,
2: <laughs> one year one Sing year one
0: year from uh, the hiss of summer lawns was in November of 75 and uh, Azura is on uh, November of 1976
2: okay mm-hmm. what was that what was that jazz album that we covered years ago the uh, the live at the village square what trio was that do you remember it was a piano player oh Bill that Evans God, Bill
0: God Evans, he asked, bass player yeah the bass player who got uh, by a yeah, yeah, Scott Lafleur.
2: That that could be him. Yeah, I hated that so much that that gaudy bass. And I think I always I, I've never listened to that much Jaco Pastorius. But what I know about him it, it is a virtuistic fretless bass player. And the few things I had heard, I did think I thought was really gaudy, and it kind of reminded me of. Uh, of that the album where the bass player's just playing over everything but it really doesn't bother me on this record. I don't know if it's because like the instrumentation is sparse but he he he's his his contributions are really tasteful, I think.
0: Yeah, um I had I had read a bit about he really honed in on cr- selectively uh, composing throughout these songs. So like on the song uh Hajira has three different bass parts. He's playing all of them, but they're selective and not. Oh, they're not too. Uh, they don't overlap in a way that is makes it seem gaudy, or a yeah. way that makes it seem overwhelming. He, it's a tightly constructed sort of um, instrumentation that he he's doing. A lot. Of, I did read a, a few re- reviews, including uh, the one from Pitchfork that had something like. Depending how you feel about this album is, uh, you know, how you really feel about Jocko Pastorius's is, uh, you know, his his bass playing because it's it's up high in the mix and uh, decades since his trademark sound and style have been taken to such unpleasant extreme, unpleasant extremes <laughs> by jam and light jazz bands. It's un- understandable to experience a visceral uh, revulsion
2: Mm. I could see, I I agree with almost everything that that review says, except that I kind of like it on this album.
3: It it doesn't feel too jammy. Like, and you're right. We, we had the like worst possible case scenario in that Bill Evans trio, Scott LaFaro. That's, that's who you're thinking of. Yeah. 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 But this, this, I mean, he, he, he noodles and he blurps and blaps, but he, he puts them in the right places. You know, it's not, It's not a Jaco Pistorius album.
2: (laughs) It's and 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 I think Birch, you touched on this. It's through composed. He's not jamming. You know, like he he actually composed a part and he composed it to complement the song, which uh, I think it does. I agree.
4: I I never thought that I would be a Joni Mitchell fan, but here I am. Here we are <laughs> sitting, s- sitting here, really enjoying Joni Mitchell with uh with, with my my ratty friends who <laughs> used used to barf off of porches.
0: So.
2: I want I want to I hang out with Joni Mitchell. I bet she's a cool hang. Oh she, yeah, she's like,
0: super cool. I bet ever, she's
2: like a way fun hang.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen interviews with her? Uh. Uh-uh. She's no. a, she's she's a straight shooter. She's she's awesome.
2: I appreciate it.
0: Yeah.
2: Me too. She does a cool version of the song Coyote on uh, The Last Waltz.
0: Yeah, I did I did uh oh, yeah. re- rewatch mm-hmm. that um, cuz I yeah, cuz I had read that too. I thought that was so cool.
2: And uh, props to Rick Danko. Now that I know that's a Jaco Pastorius space part, <laughs> he
0: he kills it too. I was watching him specifically because the camera is on the on the right side and it's looking at her and him, so you it's can mostly see just what, her
2: and him the whole what, time. Yeah,
0: what you can you can see what he's doing, and he is uh, he's doing his darndest to sort of uh, <laughs> uh, make up for the the bass playing or or try to you know make it as close as possible. It's cool. He's got road chops. Yeah,
2: absolutely. He doesn't have jazz chops, but he's got road chops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I pulled into the Cactus Dream Motel to shower off the dust, and I slept on the strange pillows of my wanderlust.
3: Is that that's Blue Motel? That's the lyrics from that one, or
0: no? That's uh, Amelia. I dreamed of seven forty sevens over geometric farms. Dreams, Amelia. Dreams and false alarms dope
2: so that would be amelia Earhart, then yeah
0: yeah she had um yeah. The, yeah it's it's really interesting uh i mean i feel like a lot of these songs you can kind of pick apart and they're it's not like a hidden meaning they, they're all about something she she sings about real things you know about mm-hmm. but then she has a you know a real poet's uh, mind to to connect things in her personal life to those those things the one about amelia was sort of about traveling uh being distant from people doing things that when people tell uh tell you that you shouldn't or you can't um yeah it's real cool is Joni mitchell friends with neil young it seems like they would get along like, yeah. it seems
2: like they'd give each other plenty of
3: personal <laughs> space but they would enjoy each other's company <laughs> neil young plays the harmonica on furry sings the blues
2: Oh, all right. Well, there you have it. Yeah.
0: Friends friends (laughs) enough to do that. They are both Canadian,
2: but they're both Canadian and they're like, they're like old souls. Just like, they're they're both like their own version of just like a, like a, I don't want to say stubborn for, for, for Joni Mitchell, definitely for Neil Young though, but just like set, set in their ways, old souls, you know? Yeah. And, and it works very much for both of them.
0: What do you think, Rob?
4: Uh, I fucking loved it man um I'm not sick of Joni Mitchell yet I hope we might get another one um though I will I will say like the, um, the, the there's slight there's slight changes that like coming through each and every record but I would hope if we do get another one it might switch it up entirely a little bit more because th- th- this is moving really close to adult contemporary. If it's not already adult contemporary, and mm-hmm. um, I would, uh, I don't know. I just turned forty, so I'm not sure if, uh, if this whole adult. <laughs> I, I, m- maybe this is just me now. I've, I've turned into an adult. <laughs> and, uh, into
2: it. You are a but contemporary adult. <laughs> I, I, I sure, I, I
4: sure am. Um, so I, I don't know. If we do get another one, I, I would hope there'd be a little more uh, like a L- little more experimentation coming up, uh, maybe a little less in line with his current trajectory, but I fucking love this record and uh, I would recommend it to anybody. I concur. Positive. Cool.
2: Positive for me as well. Uh, started out this project. I did. I did not think that I liked Joni Mitchell from what I had heard. And we're now what this, is like maybe the third or fourth that we've covered fourth. fourth. And I have liked every single one of them. This one I, I, I kind of I made the realization I, I it's not that I like certain Joni Mitchell albums. I think I just I I, I celebrate Joni Mitchell. I <laughs> I consider myself a Joni Mitchell fan at this point, and I think that this is a really good record. Also, like Rob, I, I don't know what comes up next for Joni Mitchell. I don't know her career. And I hope it's something more interesting as opposed to something more uh, verging on adult contemporary. Absolutely. But, but I bet even if it is, I, I, I bet it'll have killer lyrics and really interesting uh, uh, music.
3: I, I can't commit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed uh, Hissing of Summer Lawns like to the point that I was ready to say I was a Joni Mitchell fan. But I, I don't know. I'm just not old enough yet. I, I turn 40 next month maybe if I listen to this again <laughs> next month.
2: The analogy then. was 30, John. What's that? <laughs> the, the analogy that he brought up was 30.
3: It said I don't remember anyone <laughs> over 30. Well, I just need a little bit more time, just a little bit more time in my 30s, and I'll be ready for this album, but not not just yet. Um, again, you, you can't knock her lyricism, you know, like, her choices are interesting. It's just the style of the music that she chose on this album didn't send me. So just neutral, tending to positive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, uh, John. I, I feel that, too. Uh, all this week I was kind of like actually I don't know about this and then for some reason I just it got more and more in my in my brain it just i don't know if it's it's one of those things where you just repeat listen and it just kind of grows on you or you find new things but after a while I was like there are like two three songs that don't aren't quite there for me and it feels very uh it has a it it runs the sort of same motif throughout the album. It doesn't have a, a a lot of uh, diversity within it uh, other than the lyrics. Um, So it does kind of feel like all one, uh, a mesen scene, a a note, one note, if you will. But at the same time, it's, it's that conceptual album about being on the road. And, you know, these are the stories, these are the road tales or or whatever. So I kind of, kind of forget gave it for a a couple of those and and it kind of makes up for it so i i would ultimately go positive for sure um this will be the last joni mitchell album that we have done so we got four um which i think is there's no more no not in the book i
2: guess we'll just have to explore on our own
0: yeah uh i was kind of surprised she had an album in 2000 called both sides now uh, which was a concept album and uh, won two Grammy awards in 2001 for best uh, what was it best traditional pop vocal album and best uh, instrumental arrangement. I, I, I get it. I mean, these are kind of this is a it's the same thing with Bob Dylan. Like we probably won't get another Bob Dylan album um, after now we've done Blood on the Tracks so, because it's it's sort of that golden period. Force yeah. yeah. for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Next time, we'll be talking about Boston. Boston. All right. Thanks, y'all.
1: Score. We're always balancing the power. And I can get to be a cold, cold war. We're going to have to hold ourselves a piece tall. and I lay down the highway I've got a blue motel room with a blue bedspread I've got the blues inside and outside my head will you still love me when I get back